Hi, committee members, or whatever you're calling yourselves. We need a name for our fans. First, we need fans. Then we need a name for them. Anyway, whatever you're calling yourselves these days. Uh, before you start listening, I wanted to let you know, uh, just a little heads up. In this episode, uh, there's a committee member that I forgot to mention. Um, she is the youngest guest we've ever had on the podcast. Her name is Virginia, and she is but one years old. And so hers is the voice that you'll hear every once in a while with a few little baby squeakers and a few little baby coughs. And, uh, you know, much to, uh, much, much against our credit, I guess I should say. Uh, we didn't let the poor kid get a word in edgeways. Uh, but she's a good sort. And uh, I hope you don't mind hearing uh, some some baby jammers on the track. We sure loved having her. And uh, rest assured, no babies were harmed in the making of this podcast. Thanks, everybody. Hello and welcome to the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. I'm your host, Sexy Sexy Dory Peacock. With me, as always, is my friend... I don't have a nickname for you today, Tim. You didn't think that far ahead. I did not. It's okay. I'll tell everyone what I've been doing. I've been considering whether or not to purchase in bulk uh, compilations of the Kathy comic strip to give as gifts to all my friends and loved ones forever. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are your friends big Kathy fans? No. <laughs> oh, I see. So this is a thing that you thought of right before we started when we were all going, ah! Yes. <laughs> chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Well, I think it's kind of funny. Like, it would it'd make a great novelty gift for a lot of people. Like, to give them a Kathy as, like, a form of gentle rubbing. It's like an anti-gift. It's like, no one wants that. <laughs> I don't know. Let's ask our guest for today, Marlena Thompson, my wife. I'm really excited about the idea of you giving Kathy strips because then I could give not very good gifts and they would be way better gifts than your gifts. <laughs> so I think you should do that. So like compete with me? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, I think by comparison, my gifts would be great. Okay. That, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good strategy, especially if you have the same friends. Oh, boy. You guys, I don't know how I feel about what we're going to talk about today. Are we going to talk about the impending situation with uh, with missile strikes in the U.S.? Yeah, Moab, 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 which is a city in Utah. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not going to talk about that because that's depressing. Oh, what are we going to talk about? But to, but to be fair, every time, like every time someone farts in the middle of the ocean, Korea goes nuts. Oh. So. Like, yeah, it's, it's dumb. Anyway, no, we are going to talk about something that Tim wanted to talk about. Tim? Oh, okay. Shadow Hunters? Shadow Hunters. Shadow Hunters. So, Tim, what is Shadow Hunters? What isn't Shadow Hunters? Hmm, I'm not going to answer that. Uh, okay, well, let's go on a journey back to the special year of 2013. Um, Twilight was very popular and people really were trying to suckle the teat of young adult fiction movies. Uh, and of these in August came the mortal instruments, a movie which nobody saw and nobody liked, um, which was not very good. Uh, and people thought they'd heard the last of Cassandra Clare's mortal instrument series, which is Twilight, but with angels and demons, um, as opposed to just vampires as the gimmick. Um, and then lo and behold, two years later, two years-ish, three years, two, three years, sometime, uh, ABC Family, or as they now insist on being called Freeform, uh, 
released a series of Shadowhunters, and it is the greatest thing. That it is it is a perfect television show. That's what I'm going to say. In what way? In what? How is it perfect? Let's and let's explore this. It is exactly. It it fully realizes everything that you would imagine an ABC Family young adult paranormal romance sh- drama would look like. It is exactly <laughs> that. And and uh, what 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 would you imagine, Tim? Oh, I would. Our listeners, you see, our listeners are are listening. I would imagine they're not necessarily watching. I think. I think. Okay. So, how? What have you watched on ABC Family before? Uh, what I've watched before is Secret Life of the American Teenager. Uh, when they used to air Gilmore Girls, um, that's uh, yeah, Secret Life, Gilmore Girls. I tried to watch that one episode of Sophie, which was a thing they tried to make happen that didn't really happen. Marnena, what did you, what have you watched? Uh, same things. Um, a lot of, a lot of secret life, a lot of secret life. Did I get you into secret life at one point? Uh, yes, you did. I'll blame you on that. Yeah. We might have to do an episode about that. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I, I've seen a couple non shadow hunters, ABC family shows like at passing glance. I've seen select episodes of the fosters, the fosters. I've seen little bits of secret life. And one thing I've noticed about ABC family shows is they're kind of like horrible. They're horrible, but they're in a horrible in a very specific way. Um, and namely that from a character writing perspective, they like deeply empathize with the teenage id in a way that no other show does. Like even Glee, which was like about teenagers doing awful things, was teenagers through the lens of this, you know, jaded old gay man. And then you even have things like Degrassi. Degrassi has teenagers doing awful things, but with like some amount of moral framing. But Basically, every character in every freeform show always is basically can be summed up with the phrase, but what about me? Yeah, there's well, there's it's funny, too, because Glee sort of Glee didn't try to put a lot of moral judgments on things the characters did when it should have. Well, and this is the funny thing about Glee is like they tried to have like a moral of the story, but it was always something stupid. Yeah. And ABC Family, I think, has feels a lot of responsibility to impose some adult morality on what teenagers do. So it's very sympathetic with the teenage but then you have like whole scenes in Secret Life of the American Teenager that are like, you know, if you don't want to get syphilis, you should just masturbate. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm okay with you masturbating. Or like t- 20, 20 minutes of two guys talking about having sex with their girlfriends and being like, but of course we get consent first. <laughs> and of course we would take all of the necessary contraceptive precautions. It's funny because the, the, the very special episodeness has nothing to do with the central conflict ever. And, and what's in more Shadowhunters? in anything ABC family, I think, I guess. And then, and more often than not, like the characters in ABC family shows are always really mad at each other for very petty, stupid reasons. They're always going after each other or they're always doing ill advice things. Every single thing is like very near. Every single scene has everyone almost overacting, but how is that? especially how, the young adult actors. How is that different than most of the stuff we watch for this show? Like, to be honest, how, I mean, like there's always, there's always like the thing that could end the show, right? There's always like, if Hamlet just kills Claudius in the first act, we don't have a play, right? Well, let me ask you this question. What separates an ABC family show from a CW show? Mm, a budget. I think that might be it. And that's the other thing that ABC family shows don't have is they don't have a very high budget. <laughs> 
know, Marlena, do you feel that ABC Family is more is more of a culprit than other other production companies when it comes to teen fiction? I think that I agree with what Tim said. I think it's through the lens of the teen id. I I agree, and I and I think I think it does a pretty good job of not passing. I think it does a pretty good job of not passing judgment on what those characters decide to do. It, they just kind of do what they do. Um, and there's not like, oh, he's a bad character because he has sex. When he's 16, he's bad. Or, or even if it's like, oh, he's trying to he's trying to date his adoptive sister. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of do what they do. <laughs> Who and did that? That's in the Fosters. Oh. Oh, my. And I feel like there's some of that in uh, Secret Life. Yeah. Yeah. At least Pretty Little Liars. Oh no, those, is like those very open like the like the the kids that were dating lived together. I don't oh, remember yeah. that much of yeah, Secret she Life. Yeah. At some point, I, she yeah. moved in with the, saw, with her I baby saw daddy. Snippets of it. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, gosh. I know they lived with her family, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, she yeah she moved in with him at some point. There was a thing too. Um, I don't know. Sometimes ABC Family's not critical like when it should be too. So who knows. I think I think it's all these things. So imagine all these things, right? And then imagine young adult paranormal romance, typified by the Twilights of the world, and then, you know, forever copied by everyone else. It's really a shame that people are taking their cues from Twilight, because those were not great cues. But, I mean, what what the, the cues that people are taking is find a book that was really popular, and we're going to adapt that. Oh, I mean, story-wise. Oh, yeah. Well, and Cassandra Clare's books are pretty, pretty popular. She's written... Uh, there are six of them in the Mortal Instruments series. Um, uh, then, then there's two spinoff series she's written as well as a handful of short stories. <laughs> tell us, you got to tell us the names of those. Okay. We were talking about this before we got started. Cassandra Clare, I admire you and your writing, but this is really kind of, I'm sorry, but this is really kind of funny is that she wrote the Mortal Instruments. So that's the main series is the Mortal Instruments. And then there's a prequel series called... The Infernal Devices. <laughs> and then there's a sequel series called The Dark Artifices. The Dark Orifices? Artifices. Oh, artifices. <laughs> so she's just taking her cupped hand and sticking it into the thesaurus well and scooping out whatever she can scooping get. Scooping out whatever water comes that out That reminds of me of how I picked my screen name from <laughs> for when I was like in middle school. And I looked at my friend's AOL username and I was like, okay, a noun and an adjective, and okay, I got it. Dove's first flight. <laughs> I just, I just like copied how everybody else was like choosing their their AOL screen names. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, and part of it is the reason why this show is so good is because it's like it's like it's perfect for the middle schooler in all of us. <laughs> It's perfect for the middle school girl and all of us. We know exactly what we know those characters. We know those characters, and it's always bad, and we hate it, but we love that we hate it. The problem with the middle schooler in me is that the middle schooler in me would not have liked Shadowhunters that much. See, my uh, my middle school experience, and this is probably why I'm doing YA fiction now as an adult, is that my middle school experience was a lot about Monty Python and Blackadder and like a lot of a lot of like crazy British nonsense. So I don't think as a kid, I, I had some paranormal favorites, but as a kid, I don't think I would have sat down and watched oh, Shadowhunters. Oh, I would have hated it. I would never watch this as a kid. I think I think only as an adult you can kind of appreciate some levels of garbage that it 
it, it kind of is. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big ironic watcher as a kid. So we should probably talk about what the story of the show is. Yeah, yeah. Tell us, Tim, about the central. No, wait. Let's do this first, Marlena. Uh, what do you remember about what the central conflict of this show is? <laughs> yeah, let's have Marlena is. explain it. Okay, because I remember it the least and uh, will be the least descriptive about it. Okay, perfect. So <laughs> the central idea is that this the heroine ha- is after is on a quest to find her mother and a goblet, sorts a cup, if you will, um, and. Tim, did you want to? No, no. Okay, <laughs> okay. So that's the central. That's the quest happening, um, and she is having to keep, you know, herself and her best friend who loves her kind of safe and out of harm's way because there are these demons and vampires and warlocks and witches and whatnot, um, and she is kind of caught in this all these love triangles. Yeah, and, yeah, and there's something like- in there about someone who is her dad took her memories okay the bad guy is also her father like darth vader style so so the short of it is this world the so every every one of these worlds has their gimmick you know twilight with werewolves twilight with whatever mortal instruments is twilight with like half angels half demons the seraphim have the seraphim have somehow spread their blood to to mankind and they're a group of elites called shadow hunters who protect the world from things that go bump in the night which are demons and downworlders, which are half devil or demon. So you have the half angels and the half demons, and this girl doesn't know she's a half angel, but she finds out on her 18th birthday, and her mom is like, uh, some people are trying to kill us, and they're trying to get this cup, and don't let them have it, and I'm gone. Bye. And so and then her mom goes away, and then she finds uh, she falls into the arms of this very brooding, upset uh, boy, who a boy always, who looks like a young Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, a little young bit. Kiefer Sutherland. Who constant? Who, who when he gets upset, he clenches his jaw and also looks the other like looks sideways. He's just like looking over here, and he comes back. Okay, listen. He's looking away. He's coming back. Here's what we got to do, and it's it's great. Um, his brother and sister, who are also moody in their own ways. She has a best friend who is in unrequited love with her, and uh, high drinks and so. And, and then there's the uh, wonderfully inclusive twist of. The the baby Kiefer Sutherland type, who's the romantic lead, has a a Spartan brother in arms who would like to be even more Spartan if you catch <laughs> if you catch my drift. Yep, and there's Harry Shrum Jr. as a warlock having the time of his life. Harry Shrum, or as Jr. we call him, Asian Neil Patrick Harris. Well, that's what you call him, Harry Shrum Jr. If you're ever listening to this, I want to know how it is that you have so much fun doing exactly what you did on set with that show. Because <laughs> if you watch him, he's like. He's the, he's like flitting about and he has this and he's like waving his arms around and he's like I'm just going and he flirts with everyone and he's just he's just having the he's it's like Sam Rockwell it's great. <laughs> it's like it's like Sam Rockwell but it's like Sam Rockwell in Hitchhiker's Guide where he must know that it's not great but he's still going to do the I, thing. I think Harry Shum Jr does know. I mean there's only so often you can say the dialogue in that show and not have it and the interesting thing is, like, the dialogue is very heavy-fisted. It's like, we've so got to hammer home the conflict. So-and-so doesn't trust so-and-so. So-and-so doesn't know if we can get through so-and-so. So-and-so is upset because we're breaking the rule. It's just all Alec. It's kind of like, it, it's also kind of, the, the script is kind of like somebody read, like, maybe they had an original version that was good, and then somebody read it, and they were like, 
ah, you know what we should do with the subtext? Make it all text. Yep, there's no subtext in this show. You know you know how an audience knows how a character's feeling? The character says how they're feeling. And it's like, a lot of... What you gotta do, guys, what you gotta do in the, in the film business is not show, but tell. Except in the case of Alec, who never... Who who always is saying he is upset with Clary, but always is never saying anything else to relevant to his character. Like his defining character trait is cannot talk about his feelings, and it's hilarious. That's a really good point. I feel like Alec might be the only one that yeah actually has subtext. Alec's the gay one. This for our listeners. Alex is the gay one. It's, oh no 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 no! Who's the who's the nerd too? That's Simon. That's Simon. Simon also does. Simon also has subtext. Yeah, Simon is like a the, little bit. Yeah, Simon is the is the most compelling character. I'd argue. Yeah, Simon is sort of the the goofy friend that's in love with the the main. Because Clary is interesting. Because Clary's kind of defined by Clary's uh, the female lead. See, folks at home, if you're getting confused with these characters, it's okay. Because when you actually watch it, your brain <laughs> kind of goes, "Wait, who are all these good-looking people again?" You just. You, uh, I don't care. I'll just i'll just watch them <laughs> sorry tim finish your finish your well, thing <laughs> okay so there, there's four main characters five really essentially there's clary who's our main character played by uh, redhead mcgee red that's not her real name no obvious, obviously obviously not her real name is uh busty Catherine mc mcnamara 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 i like what i did yeah yours yours was more anime Catherine McManara, who, bless her heart, it was in another movie that Dory and I saw and loved. <laughs> yes. What was it? It was a it was a Disney Channel. It was a Channel. Disney Channel original. She played the she played like the bitchy the, popular girl. She played oh the bitchy gosh, popular I love girl. Disney original channel movies. Yeah, Disney tried to do this like pseudo Buffy-ish like thing, and they I think they were trying to do a backdoor pilot. Yeah. With it, it was one of their original movies and it was called Girl vs. Monster and Let's be fair, it was like a it was like a tool shed pilot. Yeah. It was like a <laughs> it's like a tool shed pilot. It was worse than a backdoor. Right, that's on my watch list. Catherine McNara <laughs> plays like the bitchy like enemy girl, like the mean girl and but she's like the the lone mean girl and she's like hilariously mean. And like, she and she gets crazy come up and She we, gets come up and comes around by the end of the movie. Don't, being nice. don't worry, fans, we'll do an episode about Girl vs. Monster. <laughs> Anyway, Catherine Mc, uh, McNamara is Clary Frey, who's the main protagonist. A wide-eyed, she's she's an art student. Uh, she, what else can we say about Clary Frey? That's about it. Pretty art student has a dorky friend who has a band. She His always Simon. She's always just a little bit upset at everything. She's like, "Oh, I'm a jeans and t-shirt girl, and I have the slam and bod." Yeah. yeah, right. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm just totally average. Except I that just sew the girl next door. Except for gorgeous. I, except I, for gorgeous. Except I for think, I'm like one of the one percent of the population that has red hair and green eyes. I don't really care so much about how everyone in this show is hot because I no, guess it's not about how they're hot, Tim. It's about the it's about the casting of really hot people and pretending they're not hot. Oh. Yeah, and having. And the characters say, oh, I'm just more of a jeans and t-shirt. No, you're not. No, you're not. Let's or when she, her, she her, puts on a dress and her boobs are like hanging out of it. And the other girl's like, oh, you have such a flat chest. I wish I was like you. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who has a flat chest? <laughs> Who? I, did I did I another person walk in the room? I don't think they've ever seen a flat chest. I'm not so I'm bothered. Not sure they've seen any chest. I'm not so bothered by the look in this show. It's that everyone has these really nice apartments. Oh my gosh! And goes yes, to like these really nice clubs, like these. Like Clary goes home to her mother, who lives in like this nice two story apartment in the middle of New York, and it's like, I guess you were connected because you're like. It's like what are you a Vanderbilt? I guess like when your friends are all magic people, 
It makes it easier to get a nice apartment. You can like conjure money. But even like her friend who like, who like isn't like uh, related to magic at all, like Simon, the the nerdy best friend, like walks into his room and he's like this gorgeous mural of like the the Brooklyn Bridge on the back behind his bed and it takes up the whole wall. And it's like, you did not paint that yourself. Come on. You did not paint that. I bet Clary painted it for him. That's what it is. No. Because she's an artist. <laughs> it's so like it's so ridiculous. And that's the, I don't know, that's one of the funniest pet peeves you'll find in all these movies, is somebody being like, I'm so plain. And it's like, no, you're not. You're like but she's not, but she a never, size zero with perfect skin. Uh, but to be fair, she never... She's getting into Juilliard for art school. She's not plain. Yeah, she's getting into Juilliard. And I don't think she she's upset because she's plain. That's never the subtext. She's just upset when she's around Izzy because Izzy's like, hi, I wear leather cat suits for fun. <laughs> yeah, Izzy does wear leather cat suits for fun. Can, can I open it up with a question? Yeah. So these shadow hunters are part of this clave, this uh, this uh, group of under underground demon hunters, right? Yeah. Right. So these guys that we're watching, they're not like the top people. No. They're just like one cell. They're like yeah. They're, they're like, like they're uh, runts. They're the they're the runts of the of the group. So. Why don't we know any of the leaders of their clave? Because that would require a budget. He's got a point. Also, but, that's... but why aren't they the leaders then? Maybe, maybe they're really old. Yeah, they, but she's got a point. They seem to why have. Why are like, they not the leaders? They have think, a lot of latitude on they, what they're doing. Yeah, they go out whenever they want to go out. Part of they what, don't really answer of, to anyone. Well, part of what they keep talking about is that uh, one even of the, in Star Trek, you one of the shadow hunters keeps getting frustrated. Is Alec, the gay one? So there's. We should briefly try to nail down these characters. There's Clary, the girl. Simon, her nerdy best friend, who's an unacquired love. She meets Jace, Moody Shadowhunter, who's the adopted brother of... He's the Kiefer of, Sutherland type. Yes, who's the adopted brother of Alec and Izzy. Izzy wears cat suits, and Alec is gay and brooding all the time. Yes. And, and Alec I- is always upset because they're always going out. Like, he's always like, we're not supposed to be breaking the rules. We keep breaking the rules. We shouldn't keep breaking the rules. And he's always getting upset and telling, like, we, need to, we, should, get, we should get permission before we go do the thing. And they're like, no, we're just going to go do the thing, which is always the better idea. <laughs> but he's always upset. He's like, rules. Yeah. Regulations, you guys. And they're like, shut up, Data. No, no one gets so to that's, mean that's to That's my question. Why are they not the leaders of the clave? Why aren't they written as the leaders? Because there's no actual leader body. Well, and let's... I think part of that is a constraint of of the budget of the show. Like, they can't show the clave. I think they get more into who the clave is later. Mm. In the season. I've seen the whole first season. Dory and Marlena have seen four episodes. Yeah, and I, I I don't know what it is about this show. I can, I, you guys know me, I can hone in on some crappy shows, right? I've sat through some, like, dumb shiz. But for some reason, like, every time I, I try to watch this show, my brain just goes like, I don't care. I don't care. I have the hardest time caring about anyone on this show. No, yeah, I don't care about anybody either. Right? Maybe it's because I don't identify with any of them. Maybe it's because the lead female does this thing that I think they've taught young actresses to do in movies now where they exhale either while they're speaking or right before. So they have no breath support. And so they sound like this. (laughs) We need to find my mother. Like, it's like they've got the black lung while they're talking. <laughs> Chase! <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's a vocal fry, though, right? I am looking for my mother. Well, vocal fry is this. Oh, vocal fry. And vocal fry happens to everyone. But the thing they're doing is, like, 
you can you can hear her. In fact, at one point, the closed captions picked it up, where she went <laughs> before she talked. Jace, if we never get the cup, <laughs> and she has and she has one mode, and she's only asked to do one mode in the show. I I think. Yeah, which but is she's too bad. always exasperated. She's like, but if we don't do the thing, I'll never get the thing. Like that's it. Yeah, this is a th- there's it's it's according to the Royal Tampa Academy of Dramatic Tricks. Well, the ABC is, free the ABC family the ABC Family Academy of Dramatic Tricks females have two modes. Oh, oh, three, I guess, because Izzy. Irritated, slutty, and demure. <laughs> that's all That's all we see. It's either, all right, we need to fight some demons and get my mom back. <laughs> or else she's like, oh, um, thanks. I guess I do look good in this leather dress. Uh, it's just something I threw on. Or there's, or there's slutty and kind of evil, which is like S- Izzy and Camille. Yeah, slutty, slutty evil. Here, here, drink this red liquid that doesn't look like any wine you've ever seen. It's definitely not blood. (laughs) There are vampires in this show. There are vampires, and they make a dude drink blood, and he's just like, go do (laughs) You're hot. I guess I'll do it. I think think he's supposed to be uh, in a thrall. Oh, that's right, because the vampires put him in a thrall, right? Yeah, they well, kind of well, she did. seduce him oh, with their magic powers. sexy vampire thrall. So it's not like him just being a dude character. Oh, I'm, I'm, I can't resist your feminine powers. No, it's like a, a vampire thing. They're all supposed wiles. to be like 18. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about before how, uh, like, YA stuff gets marketed down usually. Usually if there's a movie that's about high school kids... It's it's marketed down to like littler kids. I think um, in some way you need that. Where well yeah, for it's pretty that's pretty much the average. There are exceptions, but usually it's marketed down. Do you think that's like this doesn't seem to be like marketed to junior high kids very much, but maybe a little like do you think so? I think so. Yeah. Who else is this for? Oh, that's that's the question, isn't it? All How, the commercials and and junior Junior high kids? House kids. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of overlap there. But I mean, I think, and then this is part of the difference is that the original movie, they tried to make this a movie franchise and it failed. But one of the reasons I think it failed is because they made the look of it try to appeal more broadly. It was a little more, it was a little more close to like Buffy age in terms of how it appealed. You know, it it aged up a little bit. Um, And in some ways you can't have characters for all characters for junior high kids, be junior high kids because junior high kids have to go home and go to school. And none of these kids have to go to school. Yeah, they've all kind of. Isn't it? Doesn't the show start like when they've graduated? Yeah, it's they've like the all day graduated. After their graduation so, or something. So they all can go do whatever they want, and that kind of is important that they have a little bit of latitude to do whatever instead of having obligations that kids have. Yeah, I got to get their parents out of the way. Um, uh, there's another. Well, it has nothing to say about high school. So I guess this. I, I guess so far we've watched three episodes, and they've all taken place four. kind of four episodes. They've all taken place kind of in the same span of time. So would you say this is like a supernatural American graffiti? No, because that's like they're just so far all they've done is drive around town looking for stuff the day after graduation. That's kind of the way these 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 episodes go. It's always we need to go someplace. We're gonna go someplace and talk to a person. A fight ensues. We win the fight, we learn something about each other and this world, and then we go home. Oh, we go home. I just, I don't know, I think my whole impression of this show could be summed up by a point toward the beginning of the episode we watched today, where uh, at one point, all three of us got up and just started doing something else without even pausing the show. <laughs> like, it's a... Uh, 
it's it is our usual hot garbage and it's it has its own it has its charms like i i think i can see why you like it because it is campy and goofy it's so and goofy so like, nuts like the makeup artistry on this show is really bananas because even the boys wear like a bright shade of lipstick you can tell is lipstick yeah which i mean normally lip color is usual on makeup for television but like here it's like you can tell that's not a natural human skin color yeah it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous baby face makeup. I think yeah, so I think I can see why you like it, but me personally, I don't I I can't like I don't know what it is, Tim, but I can't sink my fangs into it even as far as I could with something shittier like Vampire Academy. Yeah, maybe maybe my problem with it is that the production value is too good. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have a very I like Tim said it's not like has it doesn't have like a ridiculous budget, but it looks too good. Yeah, it's got to be either a it's little too less well good lit and or too a little... well set. Like they have like three sets, but they they know how to use every single one of them. Yeah. It either needs to be crappier or better. Yes, yes. Like it lives in a no man's land. I neither pity it nor but it's am an, in awe. But by it's it. an ABC Family show, and I think that's kind of what makes it so perfect. <laughs> is that it? It realizes that kind of teenage id driven ideal in a way that no other and there aren't a lot of young adult paranormal romance or even paranormal shows out there i mean not, let's, not currently yeah. not currently i mean let's twilight be real Fad has kind of died twilight fights kind of died in it, but even then like we had like what we had true blood we had vampire diaries we had the vampire diary spinoff which is going on right now on cw and those shows each have something going for them but they're all a little older a little aged up the characters are not quite as petty as these characters are. These characters are all thinking with their hormones and pretty much exclusively that. They're they're facing the apocalypse and they're still like jealous of each other's dates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why this show's so perfect, really, is because on some level that's what paranormal romance and kind of paranormal shows written by women and occasionally men for teens kind of or, or for young, it kind of goes for is you kind of need that escape. You kind of need to watch people making terrible choices to remind you, like, I'd be so much better than these people. At this. <laughs> Maybe that's why we do this. Hot people are stupid. So, so let's do something fun. Let's have a rating system. Uh, we'll structure the rating system based on each thing we watch. So since this one was magic angels and demons, how many, uh, one being the least five being the most, how many demon horns do you give this? Oh, I give this, I can't give this, I give this one very, very, very large demon horn. Nope, you gotta do the numbers. You gotta, you gotta do one to five. Oh, man. You can't change the size. I'm gonna give this like a three. Like a, like a three? Like a three, and here's why. Like, it could be like a two and a half, like it's fine. But I think there is something special about this show for its audience. Like, you are either in this show's audience or you are not. And if you are in this show's audience, it is... It is such hot garbage. It is hot garbage. I think I'd give it like one and a half demon horns because I can really see what's fun about it. But for some reason, it's just not grabbing my grundle. <laughs> I, I, give it, I give it two horns. I feel like I could get sucked into it pretty easily given the right circumstances. Like if I were to watch them all in one night, I would probably, <laughs> I probably like really had, love it. If you had a ton of laundry to fold. If I had so much laundry to fold, I would probably really love it. But from episode to episode, it I, I'm not super, super excited to come back to it. So Yeah, no. I think I'm with you on that. I'm interested to see 
because I'm going to drag you both through this this show <laughs> so we can update it on the podcast regularly. Uh, oh, you'll be uh, fine, Dory. It's, it could be worse. It could be Stargate. Okay, okay, fine. We'll do this one. <laughs> but I'm interested to see if the second season strikes you different. Because from what I've heard, the second season has a different production kind of element to it. Like some of the... Oh, like maybe they got more money because well, the first one That was and also some of the head writers, well. there were some creative differences and some people left the show and some different people came on. And also they now have more of a plot because they... Some shows only find themselves in the second season. I mean, what? 30 Rock only started being good in the second season and really I, found its stride through the middle of season three. I, I would dispute that with 30 Rock. I, I'll agree they really did hit their stride later, but uh, uh, Star Trek... Star Trek sucked for like the first two years. The the next generation sucked for like the first two years. So yeah. yeah, it might find it might find itself on a on a weary night. Well, thanks everybody for listening, and these are our sign off. By Kathy and Bulk. I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of girl. Alright, remember, we are not going to judge you, but we will bring the jello salad to your trial. To where I cook in the door and sleep out on the floor.